The Athlete's Prayer Lord, please clear my head of all distractions and my heart of burdens I may bear, so I may perform my very best, knowing you'll always be there. Please lift me up before the moment, so through your eyes I may see and have a clearer understanding as the game unfolds before me. With great courage, I will meet this challenge, as you would have me too. But keep me humble and remind me that my strength comes from knowing you. Then when all eyes are upon me, at the end of this game, I will turn their eyes to you, Lord, and to the glory of your name. The Athlete's Prayer. Welcome to another episode of Stevenson's Mind. This one, I want to focus on what's known as the Mamba mentality. I'm sure you've all heard that phrase. That's the nickname uh, for Kobe Bryant. And they gave that nickname to him for his incredible work ethic. I started off with the athlete's prayer because I want to talk about the hard, deep practice that people can get into, which will actually make you a better individual in whatever sort of setting and goal that you're trying to achieve. I'm leveraging off the world of sports because that's something I've been following as of recently. But keep in mind, this actually transfers to any setting. You know, it's not only just in the sports setting, it's in entertainment, it's in business. The mama mentality is someone who naturally just works hard, smart, and fast, skillfully. And they do this 24 7. In fact, they might do it 36 7. I don't know. They seem to squeeze more hours out of the day. And sometimes, you know, that's just because they might be sleeping less, taking more naps. They sort of break up uh, their, their regiment. Um, the Mamba mentality, that's something that's really important because if you want to make it not just to the top, but if you want to be the very best in your class, in your field, you have to have this mentality. And, you know, I'm saying uh, this is coming from Kobe Bryant because, you know, he sort of coined the phrase or maybe the fans coined the phrase from him. I'm not sure the origins of that, but, uh, you know, Kobe's got it. Cristiano Ronaldo's got it in soccer. Uh, Michael Jordan definitely had it. If you look at the boxing, you've got Mike Tyson, uh, Joe Rogan, classic in each of the fields that he does, whether it's uh, sports or a comedy or his podcasting. He's got the same mentality. Uh, LeBron James from the NBA. Uh, Tom Brady, TB12, Bruce Lee, scores and scores of people, a lot of them just with this obsessive focus just to drive themselves and push themselves to not only be, like I said, the best in their class, but beyond that, to be the trendsetter, the leader, to be the coach's coach, if you will. I mean, you see some of these athletes on the field and they're the ones who are, you know, standing alongside the coach and shouting out plays and, you know, taking command center, you know, when they're when they're sitting on the sidelines. They're not just sitting idly. They're actually involved. And this is something I think that comes naturally. You know, they say a lot of things uh, can be taught, but this is one thing I think that you have to have in you, which is a natural curiosity and a national want that you want to have to, to succeed. Um, and, you know, it's, again, it's in any sport and it's in any uh, field um it's just something that it's like like a flame that is always on fire it's just always burning and um you know i suggest if you really want to get into this you know check it out on the net but check out kobe's book on the mamba mentality he actually starts off with um i think it was gasol when he came to play 
uh, I think it's the forward uh, to the Lakers, that, you know, he reached his room very late at night at the hotel and Kobe knocked on the door. And, you know, he welcomed him and they started talking about, you know, what their plans were for becoming one of the most dominant teams in, in the NBA during that time. So this is, you know, probably if I remember well, maybe midnight, one o'clock in the morning that KB, sorry, Kobe came up and he didn't have to do that. He could have waited till the next day. You know, he could have uh, maybe, you know, drawn up a business plan, made it fo- more formal over coffee, but he didn't do that. No, he went right into his room at 1 a.m., and, you know, they started talking right then and there. And that's great because, you know, rather than sort of push it forward, he took care of it now. So really this Mamba mentality, it's, it's I guess, the desire that you have. It's the, the, the focused mentality that you have. It's, it's this obsession that you have. You have to be obsessive if you want this. And, you know, it's obsession with everything, not just, you know, practicing or training. It's, it's obsession with resting. It's obsession with building up your mental health. You're sort of, you know, covering all these categories, but you're very focusedly obsessive about it. And that um, it just takes over your life. It becomes the number one priority and everything else follows suit. I mean, if you look at, you know, again, these, these sports and, you know, as I mentioned, I'm saying sports because I've been following it, but you'll see it in other categories as well, other fields. Um, if you look at uh, the sports uh, field, so you've got these athletes who actually show up maybe two hours before practice time. You know, uh, Phil Jackson used to say when he drive into the, the stadium for practicing, there was Kobe asleep in his car because, you know, he had already done maybe a, a one, two hour session and was taking a nap before the actual practice. You hear all these players talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and how he's there when they show up. So he's there before practice and when they leave, he's still there. Um, you know, another thing is Tom Brady. If you look at uh, Tom Brady's TB12 method, that's a great uh, book to check out. Again, how is Tom Brady played so many successful years in the NFL? And the other thing, too, is not only playing, you know, all those years, but minimizing the injuries, trying to, you know, sustain the health as long as possible. So, you know, they're actually working on their physical form every day. You know, Ronaldo says, Exercise whenever you can. You don't just make it, you know, one hour that you've got scheduled into your calendar. Even if you have five minutes here, two minutes there, get into doing some exercising. Because you want these little wins, these mini micro goals, all to sort of add up. And physically, if you're sort of uh, doing your training in little bits and pieces here and there, that'll also constantly have some sort of uh, pressure going on your body so that when you do get tackled, or you do get hit on the field in sports, it's not that bad because your body's already used to it. So these are guys like, I, you know, they're just always on. Game is always on. The, the mind is on. Uh, physical aspect is on. Um, and they're just, they're just going and going and going. And you even see when they retire, that's actually the scariest thing because now, you know, they don't do it in their field. They might do it in business. And they take that same mindset, that same mentality. So again, the Mamba mentality, it's not something that you can learn, but if you feel, you know, there is something that you're excited about and, you know, it's, it's your purpose, maybe it's, you know, your gift, then you take that, that talent. And again, you know, talent is just sort of raw form. You need work ethic to sort of develop that talent, right? You need a hard work ethic to succeed in the goals that you have so that you can showcase that talent. 
And that's where the mama mentality comes in, because if you do it, and if you do it well, and if you do it smart, it'll actually put you, again, not only top class, but ahead of the class. And that's where you want to be. You want to be a trendsetter with all of this. If you look at all these people, again, they're not just best in their field. They're actually trendsetters. They've done things that are new to the industry, new to the sport, new to existence, because you know they've maybe thought of it. And that acts actually come from the many thousands of hours that they've put into the game, right? So what happens is you build up this momentum and this momentum builds up more momentum. And then, you know, as you just keep delving deep into what you're doing, new things come up and it wouldn't have come up if you weren't putting that, that practice time in. So I think in any field, if you're really serious about being successful, if you don't want to just sort of, you know, make it halfway. And if you think about it, this is just the top 1% of the uh, players that are doing this, right? Look at the thousands of soccer players that are out there. There's only, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. There's, you know, Lionel Messi, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Very few that actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I mentioned these guys because this is sort of my generation of watching soccer. You can go back to Pele, Maradona, like tons of people. But, there's very literally a handful of people that do this sort of deep practice, do this focused attention, have this obsessive drive that commands them. I mean, it's, you know, it's something to initiate the, the practicing, but then I guess the practicing takes over you because you're so obsessive about it. It becomes its own form. It becomes its own monster. And it sort of begins to start leading you, which is great. And that's what you want to be. You want to be there because if you do that, not only will you succeed in your goals, but you'll change the the dynamic of the sport. You'll change the paradigm of the industry. And that's good also just for, you know, being creative. There is uh, a book. So I mentioned uh, Mambo Mentality. I mentioned uh, Tom Brady's TB12. That's a good one to check out. I'm sure, you know, other sports athletes have their own autobiographies. Uh, Andre Agassi, if you read his book, what's really interesting about Andre Agassi was, you know, he's done a lot for the world of tennis he's won a lot of championships he's also not won a lot of championships but if you read his book it's actually his dad who sort of set the spark for andre his dad was an olympian and he actually passed down the the athletic the sports characteristic onto andre and what's funny is that when you read the book andre actually mentions that he really didn't like tennis and that was really surprising for me because when you see him perform that doesn't look like a person that doesn't enjoy or love what he's doing. But apparently, you know, his father being old school was very strict with him, very disciplined. He got him a, a tennis court. I guess it was attached to the house when they were young. And all day long, every day in that Nevada desert, it was just Andre, you know, swinging the racket, swinging the racket. His father kept, you know, getting him on track, uh, keeping him aligned. You know, he was his original coach. And Andre just just kept swinging and swinging and practicing. And that's really how he became good. So, you know, I did mention earlier that, you know, this has to want to come from you. So I don't want you to get the impression that Andre didn't want to do this. I mean, he didn't want to do it from his own free will. Again, you know, that was sort of passed down from his dad. But he did it in terms of taking something and making something out of it. So I can I think that's his natural curiosity to that even though he hated the sport, right? And you see, like, with all the uh, certifications he's got, a lot of the championships, uh, ending up with Steffi Graf, who, you know, is the, the maiden champion of uh, tennis as well. Um, it's a great story how they met. 
And she too, she's also got some great uh, work ethic things that she shares. But with Andre, what's funny is to see he's got, I think, a lot of failures as he does have successes. But when you read the book, you really see his obsessive focus mind uh, get into the whole world of tennis and, you know, become tennis and change tennis. Um, you know, a lot of things too. If you look like with uh, Tyson, Tyson used to go see a hypnotist. You know, Tyson was breathing and living and boxing. Michael Jordan, I mean, he was one of the first, I think, uh, athletes to actually change the whole paradigm for sport. Because personally, if you ask me, if you look at basketball, there's before Jordan and after Jordan. And again, that's my generation growing up. Some people might beg to differ, you know, growing up in the time of, you know, Magic Johnson, um, you know, growing up in the time of uh, Will Chamberlain, you know, all those cats, uh, people will say, you know, that might have had that effect for them. And that's okay. But for me, you know, there's really pre-Jordan and post-Jordan because after Jordan, like you've got people doing all these crazy dunks and, you know, the athletic abilities have really stretched. But after Jordan, there's really not a whole lot that has changed dynamically with the game. You know, people are doing things better, but in terms of innovation, creativity, originality, I think Jordan really set the bar for that. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, if you've read his book um, on, you know, the whole 10,000 hours thing, that's also, you know, something that these people do naturally. They're not thinking, okay, 10,000 hours I'm going to spend and schedule in my calendar like this. Their mind is just so focused on it that they're just hitting it out. They're just getting to work and they're just doing it naturally. They're not even sort of thinking about it. And for these people, if they don't do it, that's a bad day. Like Joe Rogan says, the reason he likes to, you know, get so much work accomplished in a single day is that when he goes to bed at night, he has to feel that he's done something. And if he doesn't do anything according to his standard, then that's not a day that's well lived. If you read the the talent code, um, there's a really cool example that they set up with uh, about this little girl who's practicing the piano and she spends about six minutes, but the six minutes that she spends is equivalent to probably six weeks of, of practicing. It's called deep practice. And what you have to do is anything that you're doing, anything that you're sort of uh, taking apart, you know, going note by note on the piano, you know, sort of play by play in sports, you have to sort of kind of think about it before you do it rather than just sort of do it uh, with rote, like just, you know, sort of just repeating the motions. So with this uh, piano piece that she was working on, she would kind of just go through it, not stop uh, the melody. And then she'd make mistakes, but she's actually thinking about it as she's going along. Um, they give another example further on, which will probably better help to articulate that. They gave a two list of words. And, you know, the goal was to remember as best as you can, as many words from, you know, either of the two lists. So the first list, we'll call it list A, you know, they had the words listed and they were all spelled out, right? So boat would be B-O-A-T, tree would be T-R-E-E, and you go through the list. And then the second list, they had words, but then one letter of each word was missing. So say, for example, green, G-R-E-E-N, one of the E's might be missing. And you kind of knew what the word was. It's just that you kind of had to, for a microsecond, think about it. And then you go through that list. And at the end, they would ask, which of the two lists were you able to remember the most words? And, you know, nine times out of 10, people were able to to remember the words from list number two, the ones that had one letter from each word missing. 
Now, what's the reason for that? The reason is that your brain forcibly had to sort of stop and sort of analyze and retain the information, whereas before it was just sort of going through the motions. So with practicing, you don't really have to practice a lot. Now, even though, you know, these people that I mentioned are practicing, you know, they're putting the, the time into it. It's important to know that on their level, they're also doing deep practice. So, you know, some things like working out, you can just, you know, go through the motions of, you know, going through your reps and your sets. But if you take that time, just sort of slow it down, just even for a microsecond and just think about it. So if you're doing like a, a set and, you know, you pull down on the weights and just before releasing, you might just think about that and then release up. Right. And if you do the, the UFC style, which is explosive set reps, boom, 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 you're just going, you know, rep after rep. Even then, just sort of in that fast-paced uh, rep-setting maneuver, just take that microsecond just to think about it because it'll ingrain into your body, both in terms of thinking and in terms of the energy that it, it ingrains in you, uh, which will give you mileage. And, you know, that's what all these people are doing because, you know, they just start practicing blindly. They're actually thinking about it in the back of their minds. I mean, Kobe's infamous for taking apart game tapes, and I believe he watches them every day. And you can see a lot of pictures in his book. Uh, you know, he's on the plane. He's got the headphones on. He's got the, his legs in the, the ice bath. And he's, you know, he's got the game going on. And um, he's able to sort of slow down and sort of, again, for that microsecond, know what he's supposed to do. And this sort of um, uh, practice regiment, when it comes time to, you know, making that game-winning shot, uh, when it comes time to, you know, where the pressure's on you and, you know, maybe you don't have to make the shot. Maybe it's an assist that you have to do. You'll be able to think clearly. You'll be able to think better. And um, you'll be able to deliver the results that you're getting paid for. And that's something that's uh, really important to, to keep in mind is that if you're practicing by rote on the field, you're going to play by rote. Right. You're just going to go through the motions. And, you know, if you look at it, that's what a lot of athletes do. You look at, you know, soccer games. Why is it that, again, out of all those, you know, soccer players, there's only a handful that really stand out. Because these are the people that are just for a microsecond stopping time and, you know, looking at what they're doing really fast and then continuing it. So with the talent code, they were really impressed uh, with that girl because all it was was six minutes of practice. But the mileage it gave her was, you know, more than what a lot of professional musicians do. Right. So really think about that. Take the time to slow things down. Again, for a microsecond, that's all you need. I mean, that's what Agassi was probably doing too, right? He probably didn't know it at the time, but when his dad set up that machine that was just hitting balls towards him and all he had to do was swing the racket, you know, he could have done it by rote. He hated it, right? He admitted that. He could have just let the day go by, but no, he decided to, again, microsecond stop and, you know, get into sort of deep practice. And you'll see that you'll get a lot of mileage out of that. So, you know, don't just think that, you know, if you're looking for that mamba mentality, that it's something special that you need to have. Everyone's got it. It's just that you have to uh, use it into a field that's, you know, considered your gift or your talent. Because if you're going to sort of a nine to five job and you're trying to do the mamba mentality, it's not going to work. It's going to just overstress you out. And you're not going to feel the passion. You're not going to get the results you want. But if it's anything, like if it's cooking, if it's art, I, mean, I don't care what it is. If it's just that mentality of, you know, the mama mentality that you want to entail and you want to go out there. And again, you don't want to be top of the class. You want to be over the class. You want to set the paradigm for the new industry. That's what you're going to need to have. And this is something that has really influenced me in anything I try to do. I try to sort of stop things 
and take that quick second just to sort of look at it. And um, I, I noticed the results. It, uh, you know, the, the mind is something that's always recording, right? We, we believe that the subconscious is always recording what's going on. So if you record a good practice session, that's what you're going to have. So have fun with that. I encourage you to check out, you know, some of these people I've mentioned. Uh, check out their work ethic. Uh, check out, you know, of course, you'll see the talent display that they have. You know, read a lot on the internet about the routines they have, the practice schedules that they have. But just read about also just how much time they put into it. And again, it's deep time. It's deep practice, right? They're just not functioning by way of rote. They're actually, for again, microsecond thinking about it. So I hope this helps and um, we'll see you next time.